0: Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast.
1: Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The Nomcast is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts on the socials at nomcastpod and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.
2: Hello there, I'm Colleen,
1: I'm
0: Anders, and I'm Daniel.
1: We're three nerds who met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars.
2: And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where every week we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon.
0: We'll talk about how our relationship with the film has changed over time, how the film builds on what came before it and forms our understanding of the Force. Finally, we'll provide you with some recommendations for other material you may enjoy if you love these movies. And this week we welcome back Bohemian Geek Studies Queen of the Queries, Sarah O'Connor. Sarah. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Thrilled to be here, guys, to talk about one of the greatest, if not maybe the greatest Star Wars movie. Absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. This week, we are diving into Disney's first outing with a non-Skywalker Star Wars film. We're talking about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So guys, how high are the odds that uh, Sarah's going to shoot us with that blaster?
2: (laughs) Oh, definitely high. (laughs) (laughs) Why does she get a gun and I
1: don't?
3: All I have to say is let's get going to the good stuff before I whip out the blaster. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) All right, so let's get right into it. This movie was released on December 16th, 2016. A little bit of an infamous production, I'll say. Uh, The first of several in the Disney Star Wars era. It -hmm. was originally written specifically by Chris White and directed by Gareth Edwards. However, Mm -hmm. during slash towards the end of production... Tony Gilroy was added as a second unit director to oversee about five weeks worth of reshoots and additional scenes, Mm -hmm. which ultimately resulted in him getting a writing credit as well. Wow. There's Mm -hmm. a couple of very, I want to say, famous slash infamous shots from the trailers that didn't make it into the final film as a result Mm -hmm. of all of this. Uh, Probably one of Jin's most famous lines, I'm a rebel, I rebel. Um, but you know what? It actually all pretty much worked out. On a budget of about 250 million dollars, it grossed 532.2 million dollars US and 523.8 million overseas in a total box office gross of 1.056 billion with a B dollars. Now, guys, this is Damn. right. So we had Force Awakens, which grossed two billion dollars globally. And this one which grossed over a billion. I mean, Disney's making that money back from that four billion dollar purchase pretty quick. Obviously, obviously, not all of that is profit, but right.
0: But at least you also think about all the toys and all the other things that they've got at the same time. Oh my gosh. Right.
1: And I'm pretty sure they had 2016, so Rebels is going at this point as well. Yep. So Mm -hmm. they're getting all the ad revenue from that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Making that Star Wars money. Return
0: on investment. Yeah. Smart choice.
1: But let's get into our reactions, our discussion on this movie. Do you guys remember where you were, what it was like the first time you saw it? It has only been about four or five years. Has your relationship with this movie changed over time? Do you like it more? Do you like it less? What do you think?
2: I love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I think my relationship with it has gotten better over time. I really, really enjoy it now. It's just climbed the ranks over the years and is solidly at two or three, depending on my mood. Uh, Back when it first came out, I had recently come home from my year studying abroad and Trump had just somehow been elected. So I was feeling all kinds of ways, not in a super great place when this
1: movie came out. I think I disconnected that event from this movie in my mind. So thank you for reconnecting it.
2: You're welcome. Well, this was a nice bright spot that we got around Christmas time. It was like, okay, so it's Christmas time. We get a Star Wars movie. This is wonderful. It was a little trepidatious going in just because it wasn't a saga movie. And from all the stuff that was going on with the production and the rumors and things. But it was fantastic. I was like, this is great. I mean everything's cool what, what a way to lift our spirits in a star wars movie where everyone dies <laughs> oh, man. oh wait yeah. mm, we love you all it's so visually stunning great set pieces one of the best casts i think in any star wars movie mm-hmm. including like the original trilogy this is just an amazing cast the hype and concern when the movie came out was it worried me a bit but still the movie's nearly perfect there are things they could have done i suppose but you no know, I'll rewatch it over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm feeling very similar. I adore this movie. I was so excited in the lead up. Um, so like my brother and I were, we were so ready to see this movie. I was living in Maryland that year. And so like we'd been looking forward to it all year. We've been living together, been hyping it up. And when we went and saw it, like I think it was, we went like right on opening night. It was amazing. Like it blew us out of the water. We left stunned. And we talked about it like all night. It was just, it was so fun. Like the, the, there might be a little bit of pacing issues in the front half, but I mean, that doesn't really matter to me. This movie is fun. I adore it. And uh, yeah, I saw it so many times in theater. so <laughs> worth it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember being in the theater for this. I went with a work friend of mine. We like got out of work that night, went opening night and we were just absolutely th- thrilled by the end and Mm -hmm. we were like we were buzzing and we were just like holy shit like i know you know we've talked about the the many war crimes that take place over the course of these star wars movies but this was the first one that felt like it kind of shoved you in the face of oh for sure this is a war and like on a personal level this is a fucking war saga Mm -hmm. and i yeah I wasn't sure what to make of all the rumors and everything that were like flying around of the behind the scenes drama. This was probably right at the time that I even started paying attention to like internet rumors and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. just didn't care or wasn't invested enough in a lot of things. And I know that I knew that this was gonna kind of be our gateway into other Star Wars stories beyond the Skywalker. So I was I was so hyped for this movie to come out.
3: And then for me, I just remember being tipsy in the movie theater. Um, this <laughs> night, and yep. it came out and I was absolutely blown away by this movie. It was absolutely fantastic. It answered one of the oldest questions of yes. the movie, which I thought was so flippant important. And it just made it all seem so much more realistic. As Andrew said, it it felt more... I don't want to say like a documentary because that's not the right word for it, but mm-hmm. you you felt in it in a different way from mm-hmm. the classic saga movies, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: Way more visceral. Yes. Like yes. In yes. the action, which was really cool.
0: Yeah, because we get to see it from the perspective of like actual ground troops in a war instead of, you know, the high command heroes and things like that. And so mm-hmm. or pilots. That yeah, we, we get to see it down in the trenches uh, yes. for the first time. So, yeah, that was definitely a talking point my brother and I went over. We were so in love with that.
1: Without too much of a need for, like, handheld shaky cams as we're running along. <laughs> yes.
3: I was, and- I was, I was going to say probably the closest that you get the feel of that is when Finn is dealing with his diaspora from the empire and trying to leave and you're in the ship with them. We get the first look at the stormtrooper perspective. That's maybe the closest. Rogue One just does it phenomenally.
1: It really does. And sorry, I would like to point out, so you remember being tipsy in the theater, but unlike Daniel with Rise of Skywalker,
2: when you (laughs) sobered (laughs) up, the movie was still
0: good. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I was just
2: thinking that I'm like, Dan, it was wasted when he watched Rise Skywalker. I was
0: very drunk for that. It was a good time. (laughs) Oh god,
1: guys, check out our uh, Rise of Skywalker episode if you haven't already. All right, moving oh, into some of our favorite individual pieces from this movie, starting with our favorite ships. And I feel like I'm always the one who brings them up, guys. I love these Imperial shuttles. I don't know why yes. <laughs> the folding wings. Everything about them is just really cool. And Krennic's, which Krennic. kind of opens the movie, Director Krennic.
2: He's so his
1: delta, his delta class t3c shuttle that kind of opens the movie it's got a much smaller kind of cabin area and the wings are just a little bit bigger i just thought it looked so so cool and then the mm-hmm. stolen one that they have the zeta class heavy cargo shuttle that has the four wings as it's going down it's almost like a landing platform on top of it i just thought that looks so freaking cool
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah Those are so neat. So I need to bring up a rebel dropship, the U-Wing. So that is Cassian and K-2's ship. It is uh, used by the rebels as a troop dropship. It can also provide air support, which we see in the Battle of Scarif when it takes down an Mm AT-AT.
2: I love this ship. In the Alphabet Squadron books, Kairos, one of the titular Alphabet Squadron pilots, has this ship. And she's such a badass. And this ship just like maneuverability is really... Cool, at least how she does it. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dang, girl. Cool.
1: I always I always think of that with that ship. Um, I was a swimmer. And so the way the wings kind of fold up and back, I just think about like the butterfly stroke. Mm. I'm trying to yeah. get your shoulders to move. One that's not actually a ship, but I just think it looks so freaking cool and was a really cool concept is that shield gate over Scarif. First of all, the planetary shield in general that seems to be generating from this thing and not from like a dish down on the planet. Mm-hmm. And it's got that gate that can kind of drop its things in to open and close. So, so cool when the ships are kind of crashing against it and eventually the Star Destroyer, Star Destroyer just goes right through it.
2: Yes. I wonder if the mm. uh, the code to open it is one, two, two. three, four, five.
1: <laughs> Colleen, don't <laughs> give out my luggage combination. <laughs>
2: The Mega Maid is coming. Just kidding. It's another Death Star. Oh, man. So my favorite is the Profundity. This is Admiral Raddus' MC-75 Star Cruiser. It's such a badass ship, you guys. I love it. Mm-hmm. And the Admiral was totally ready to do whatever it took to get those Death Star plans. So shouts to him as well. I just I Is love that the same
1: model ship. as Home One?
2: I think so. Home One might be a little bit farther along. Because I think, okay. yeah, I'd have to relook at that. But it's a Mon Calamari Cruiser.
0: Mm. heck yeah i love those cruisers Mm
2: -hmm.
0: also we have the hammerhead cruisers so these are a personal favorite of mine uh they're from the old republic era so of course i have to shout out kotor uh any (laughs) chance i can so they were brought into canon here and then they also show up in rebels as well Mm -hmm. uh so it was neat seeing them in live action for the first time and also while we're on the topic of ships bays and um (laughs) (laughs) true <laughs> oh i bring I... this up later <laughs> okay good i was like are, are, how do we feel on this so i can't hey, wait to talk about okay. this later absolutely yeah. no they definitely we're gonna, are
2: we're gonna talk about it later.
0: <laughs> okay i'm glad we're on the same page
1: <laughs> all right we're gonna move into our favorite aliens and droids and i want to start off with those sc worker droids these are the farmer droids in the opening sequence yeah. I just feel like they have such a classic sci-fi look. They almost look like a security camera head. Very, very, not quite like Mr. Roboto, but just like a very solid standard sci-fi droid. And I just think that they look really cool.
3: Well, next up is K2SO. And I can't pronounce Alan's last name. Can someone help me out there? Uh, Two Dick. Thank you, Alan Tudyk. And and frankly, this kind of skips ahead to one of our later segments, but K2 is one of my absolute untouchables. (laughs) Hell yeah. An absolute badass droid who makes you feel for him, but also makes you feel as though he could protect the shit out of you. Like he's just this force to be reckoned with and just hilarious as all get Mm -hmm. out. In some ways, I don't... In some ways, he's even better than Chopper because Chopper would want to kill you and K2SO might be willing to protect you. So I'll go out on a limb. I don't know if K2 constitutes my favorite droid, but rewatching Rogue One really put him back up in the ranks as my possible number one. I really did not want him to die because I could watch him again and again. Absolutely. K2 is... Pitch perfect.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, just casting Alan Tudyk is such a fait accompli. Well done. Also, Mr. he Steve. looks
1: he looks incredible. He looks like yeah. a solid. He looks like a prop. Yes. Yeah, oh, that yeah. That you don't realize that that you don't see that that is Alan Tudyk in like a motion capture suit.
0: So we go from the amazing K two S O to the disgusting, creepy, crawly Borgullet. <laughs> uh, it is a Marin, so it can read thoughts. It was 2.5 tons of silicone to make this guy. It is a full size 10, six by six puppet operated by 15 different puppeteers. (laughs) Um, So good job guys. You really brought to life this disgusting creature.
3: Seriously. yeah.
1: I will say though, it is now my headcanon after after going through these movies with you guys and learning everything we've learned about these little side aliens, it is now my headcanon that this guy was actually like a prisoner forced to do all this stuff against his will. Mm. And then I find out, then I really realized that he died and it made me really sad.
2: Mm. Little buddy. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's like feeling bad for the earworms from Star Trek. No,
1: <laughs> you don't know yes. what they, you don't know what they had to do. You don't know. We don't know. If the trash monster is, is a, if the trash monster or the Death Star has a name, it is a force. Oh, sensitive me! Sorry,
2: <laughs> <All right>, Daniel.
0: <laughs> I love her.
2: Show it's cheap. I love her. Girl.
0: I do not love Borgullet.
2: Yeah, Borgullet's a little bit creepier.
1: <laughs> but
0: yes, a little bit so more he, he could
2: have a story. He could be like. I mean, I if don't he want can read, if guys. he's
1: telepathic, he's got to be force sensitive in some way.
2: Yeah. You would think so. I don't know if he's sentient, but some sort of force sensitivity for sure. <laughs> Next, we've got my main dude, Admiral Raddus. I fucking love this guy. <laughs> he's oh, amazing. Yeah. He's the original Mon Calimari badass. Akbar was supposed to be in this movie, but I love that they went with an original new character instead. Mm-hmm. He seems older and more gruff than Akbar. And I think he ranks above him slightly. So it makes more sense that he would be with the rebellion at this point. And then Akbar comes in after Radis is killed. I love his blue coloring. He's so pretty. He's so much more pretty than all the other Montcalmari. I love it. And he's just so dedicated and so willing to be like, oh, one ship left. We're out, guys. We're following them. <laughs> like, yes, props. Props wow. to the Montcalmari.
0: <laughs> Heck yeah, props Radis.
1: To props to him for trapping those star destroyers. Yes. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. oh my gosh do not
2: mess with them on calamari seriously it's one of the worst mistakes the empire made
0: mm-hmm. so we also have benthic so that is the tan alien he's got the two tubes attached to the breather mask uh mm-hmm. i just think his design is so neat uh so there's him and his brother edrio and they're uh the tognath species uh so while this is their first time we see them on screen in star wars we will actually see them again in Solo, uh, where, they'll, where they'll be with Emphis nest gang.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Are these guys the ones with Saw, right?
1: Yeah, there was Saw. Yeah. buddies. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw an Ugnat in there at some point. Mm-hmm. Always willing yes. to shout out an Ugnaught. There were so many cool aliens. There were too many to name yep. while I was watching this movie and trying to keep mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> else. All right, well, before we get into our next segment, we'd like to take a second to tell you all about this week's sponsor, Bruce. Bruce is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles, the Bruce redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist. I actually just got my teeth cleaned like last week and you're just like feeling that slick clean feeling in your mouth the entire Mm -hmm. thing. A fresh whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15, that's P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine.
0: We'd also like to tell you about our new partnership with Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help design your new website? Or maybe you need someone to help write expert articles and blogs for it? Or an expert presentation designer to help with that big work project? Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the show notes to get started. Please note, yet another Star Wars podcast is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of yet another Star Wars podcast, and we appreciate your continued support.
1: All right, so let's move into our untouchables and unbearables. What is absolutely perfect in this movie? Hint, the whole movie. And what just doesn't (laughs) quite work? Uh, I want to kick us off with a couple of my untouchables, and I'm going to start, actually. Daniel, you mentioned you think there might be some pacing issues at the beginning, but I think this is one of my absolute untouchables is the editing in this movie particularly in that beginning sequence they cram a ton into the first like 20 30 minutes we are going to all different locations we're meeting all different types of characters different plot points are getting set into motion or continuing and they seem to make it pretty seamless it had it had a lot of potential to feel really really choppy um but for me it just absolutely keeps moving and we just keep keep running uh, also, the fact that they got those, they edited in those pilots from the original yep. film. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that we get kind of just that continuity in there. RIP to Luke's Red 5 predecessor.
2: Yeah.
1: And then, I also want to talk about the first scene with Tarkin, because this was a pretty big gamble mm-hmm. that they took.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. To it's insane.
1: put in a CGI recreation of Peter Cushing, Mm -hmm. to act in the movie and try and pass him off as an actor on set and especially that first scene it works it works so well it it is there are very few scenes showing up for me it's not really until his very last scene that i kind of start to really see the seams like if they had used them about 20 seconds less total in the film it would have just Mm -hmm. been perfect um but i gotta give it props and again they do it with leia as well in that last shot i think there were a lot of people who didn't like the way leia looked they were like oh she looks so frozen or D-d-d-d-d. i think she looks phenomenal i think her skin I thought she
3: looked great she i think her good.
1: skin actually might actually even look better than tarkin's and the fact that she's an yeah. all white and very bright mm-hmm. yep. like cgi tends to work very well when it's in the dark and she's in the absolute full light mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely incredible the fact that Jin and Cassian <laughs> never kiss. This is an yes. absolutely brilliant decision. Yeah. Thank you, I agree. Gareth Edwards, JJ Abrams, Ryan Johnson. Take notes. You don't have to force a kiss in out of absolutely nowhere. Two don't people can have that. a strong emotional bond of mutual respect and not have to bone each other.
3: But even if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> but on the opposite flip side of that coin, you know what, Star Wars, don't shy away from sex. You got some right. sexy, sexy people, yes. and I'm sick of not seeing yes. that sweet, sweet sex on the screen. What do you I, think i doing? I agree, Sarah. You know
2: I agree.
0: Okay. They, I, they, yes. they
2: felt very sexually chemist. Like there's sexual chemistry there, which was lovely to see. I was like, ooh. But like that die.
0: elevator. <laughs> the elevator when they're going down to the beach, they're giving each other the eyes. They are. I feel like that actually
1: might have been a point where where they had a kiss and it got edited yeah. out. They absolutely looked like they were leaning in there. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that we don't, especially, like I said, you know, we talked about the Rose and Fid. We talked about Raylo, and how it just felt unnecessary in those moments. It didn't And it wasn't wasn't necessary here. Mm -hmm. And so they just didn't do
0: it. I think they left it ambiguous enough that if you want to believe that there was something there, you can. And then if you just, you didn't need it, then it didn't happen. Exactly. Uh, I think they played that line very well.
1: Uh, and then, lastly, I just got to call out the visual effects in this movie. They are absolutely incredible. Um, everything looks real; like you could really reach out and touch it. When the the two star destroyers are colliding, and it, I did chuckle to myself the first time I saw it. It kind of looks like the one that's getting torn apart is made out of Legos, <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's like splitting apart. But it looks so so good. Um, I'm pretty sure when they were at the rebel. Base on Yavin. They actually took a note from the original A New Hope and they used like some giant cardboard cutouts for some of the background X Wings. Again, mm-hmm. just to provide some of that visual continuity between the two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And got to call out the planets. I-, I want a vacation on Scarif. I'm not going to lie. Oh my it gosh, gosh. Yeah. Stunning. <laughs> it, it, especially because the whole planet wasn't destroyed, just that one installation. So I got to believe that there are some really, really nice beaches left on the rest of the planet <laughs> and yeah. i want to go it there it doesn't
2: ruin the atmosphere That's the yeah. one thing like...
1: i always thought that that uh like the citadel tower would make like really nice for a main resort and then you go out on all the little tracks to the landing pads mm-hmm. and there's the bungalows over the water yes bring, oh your my space yacht.
2: bring your your uh boat that turns
1: into a ship <laughs> absolutely yes we'll come straight from canto bite it's amazing yeah. it'll exactly. work <laughs> uh for unbearables this one's relatively small, uh, but I always felt like that confrontation between Jin and Cassian after they are, after her father dies, It that is where I think it's probably the editing starts to feel a little clunky to me. Like there's something missing from that conversation. I don't know if I want one or the other of them to be just more explicit about what they're fighting about. They're kind of still dancing around it. And then I'm not sure what it is. Um, But again, that could also just be me grasping at at straws for an unbearable because this movie is pretty damn close to perfect. (laughs) Like
2: unbearables, where are they? (laughs) I know I can find one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, there's just there's so many good things about this movie. The action is absolutely fantastic. The like beach sequence on Scarif is phenomenal. Like that is one of the coolest land battles we ever get in Star Wars, Mm -hmm. and then the space combat. You guys know how much I love space <laughs> battles. This is amazing. This is like the best space battle I think we get in Star Wars. Yeah. Like ever. Really gritty. It's so cool. It's uh like you were mentioning Anders before with the shield gate when uh the X-Wings are going down and like they have to pull up and crash against it. It looks amazing. I just I love everything about that final half. Like that, the like the ending uh ending segment is just Amazing! Everything to do with Scarif, great. Mm-hmm. I like that we get this more nuanced look with the rebels. So we see that they are doing some very morally gray things. They're assassins mm-hmm. and they're saboteurs. And we start the movie with Cassian gunning down his informant because, well, only one of you are going to get away.
1: Anyone it's- else like do like the sharp intake when you saw that the first time? Yeah. Like, holy yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this
2: is it's some not what you stuff. expect. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like he had the leather jacket and that like look of like, oh, this is he's coded to look like the rebel good guys that we know. And so when mm-hmm. he does something that we don't expect from a rebel, it was very shocking. Um, and speaking of Cassian, Diego Luna, <laughs> my God, he is wonderful in this movie. Yes, he so is. Yes. He's so good. He's got so much charisma. I loved his character. I cannot mm-hmm. wait for his show. Um, and also. I thought it was so wonderful because like he was so excited in the lead up to this movie that he got to have his real just Mexican accent on screen.
2: Yes. And he
0: just got to be in Star Wars as he was. And that was very special for Diego Luna. And I love that. So I know that it meant a lot to people. And I wanted to shout that out because just uh, Diego Luna, I love you. You're amazing. He's
2: fantastic. And
0: then we already talked about how much K2SO is just phenomenal. Mm hmm. We do need to talk about Krennick because <laughs> my word. We do need to word, talk
2: about Krennick because Ron hates. Sassy,
0: him. <laughs> oh, and I love that. I love that so much. That so sassy funny. little bastard gets a cape just because he wants to be fancy.
2: Yep. Like, yes. Krennic, no come capes. on. No capes.
0: <laughs> no capes. I mean Unless you're Ben Mendelssohn, take a bow. Like so Ben Mendelssohn was so perfectly cast <laughs> for this.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, God, when he's just, like, berating the the guys on Scarif, like, mm-hmm. no, get the garrison! What is wrong
2: with oh, you people? Are we
0: blind? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's so, so good. good. I love that he starts out, too, with Galen. He's kind of charming. Like, yeah. it, it kind of looks like they were friends and they have this rapport and this relationship. And then he turns on a dime.
0: And you're like, yep. oh, no. No, he's always just been a slimy little snake, just waiting. I do
1: love that line of sass where um, Galen's wife is like, "You're not taking him," and he's like, "Of course not. I'm taking all of you."
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he's like, "Oh, there's Lyra back from the dead." Like, oh my gosh, he's just Ben Mendelsohn was so well. Like this whole movie is so well cast.
1: He also calls Jet. He calls Jin an it. It's like they yeah. have a child. Find it. Find it. Yeah. 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 Wow.
0: Oh my gosh. Harsh god krennic you suck and then i love after he gets choked out by vader he like has that look on his face like he didn't kill me oh okay i guess i still get my death star I'm like god grow up you suck you're still krennic. too important
2: to the project to kill yet
0: yeah he's like ooh, look at me i guess i'm cool
2: but like, is he oh, though god.
0: really like what did no. he really do
2: I mean, uh, he was he's mostly just the driving force behind it. I think he's an engineer, but he's not as talented he's as he's the boss he to get Galen. that employs yeah.
0: the right people and then yeah. takes all the credit.
2: Yes, exactly. The Except for Tarkin. Fucking manager. We're standing
1: here against my achievements.
2: Are they yeah. really yours though? Because yeah, tar- you Tarkin it? Yeah. Tarkin doesn't like him either.
0: <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Nobody Tarkin, likes, him. likes him. Tarkin taking Krennic down to task on that bridge was just, oh, beautiful chef's kiss. I want to rewatch that scene again. (laughs) Oh, so, I mean, I think we can all tell I love this movie a lot. Um, I don't really have anything unbearable. It's more of like constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there's a lot to set up in the opening act. Uh, We jump around a lot and it's a real testament to the editors that they made it as seamless as they did. I just wish, you know, it was like what, a 2 hour 10 minute film? Just Give us maybe yeah. 10 15 minutes more to flesh out the time between Jen and, and Saw because we don't really get any scenes between them until they meet up again on Jeddah and it's like I'd like you know. a little bit more of that history. I I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about Galen. Like we he's intriguing as is in the movie, but I just I wanted a little bit more from Saw and Galen. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I think they were l- relying on casting a lot there. Yeah. Because would Whitaker and, and Mads Mickelson just do incredible work and people know who they are.
0: And exactly. they expect
2: a performance out of them. So you get so much nuance just from them as an actor coming in and playing a character. I think yep. they leaned a little too heavily into that.
0: Yeah. If we, if we had to cut anything for time to give it towards Saw and Galen, maybe cut or go it. But, I mean, it's fine. I still like it. How could it's you a take away alien. Forrest Whitaker yelling, "Buckle it, bo it!" Lies! Deception!
3: I, that was one of my unbearables. It was so unbearable. You
0: come here to kill me? God, I love Forrest Whitaker. He oh, yes. brings so good it so in this. hard cast in this movie.
1: movie. The cast in this movie is just unparalleled. Oh I gotta, I gotta yeah. give a shout out now to Riz Ahmed as yes. Bodhi.
0: Yes. Oh my
1: God, he does. He turns in such a great performance. I think this is the first thing I saw him in.
0: Yeah, I think so um, for me too. Pretty
1: soon after, might have been when I saw The Night of, yeah, and I started Night seeing of. some of his other stuff. He's got that like fidgety, nervous thing. He's totally in over his head, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then he also turns up and he's so brave at the end.
2: Yeah. Yes. He's such a Hufflepuff. Like His... he's such a puff. I love him.
1: Oh. <laughs> His death might have been the one that actually like really shook me the first time I saw it. Like I think we yeah. lose K yes. we lose K two first and then you're like kind of shook from that. And then Bodhi's in there and the the ship blows up.
0: Yeah. And he had just had that whole like rousing moment of getting the troops to follow yeah. him and all that. And oh yeah. and it's so quick, it's just Prime the grenade, throw it in. He gets a moment to look at it. Boom! Yeah. That's a
1: pretty powerful oh grenade. That thing like blew up the entire ship.
0: Yeah, that was uh,
1: insane.
2: Yeah
0: that that was a large large uh, grenade. But that's some good
2: ordnance there from the Empire.
0: <laughs> for once, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, oh,
2: um, I'll go into my untouchables. Daniel, I think you wanted to say something about the ending too. Of the oh movie. God,
0: just. Uh, i mean you're about this to talk is one about of my it so let's uh, yeah let's get into it
2: the ending holy shit
3: guys. <laughs> so good one of my untouched vader's a monster vader's hallway scene yes and i think I'll this let, is one, of the, this is one of the things uh, we gonna let talk more
2: about
1: it but scary as fuck it's one of the new scenes it's one of the ones that they added during the reshoots i'm pretty sure and you thank know, god that. they did
2: yeah amazing yeah. no notes it's perfection <laughs> it makes you feel like you're in a horror movie like all of a sudden you're in a war movie and then it's like oh no this is what the movie really is this is like the horror show that we have brought you to welcome to the rebellion yeah pray that vader never finds you because this is what's going to happen uh the casting it's all great i love forrest whitaker over the top fabulous i love mads nicholson so much every movie he's in i'm always impressed by him it's good to see him not be a villain
1: I was actually just yeah. thinking that. I was like, I'm trying to think of the the, the last movie I saw him in where he's not yeah. a villain.
2: A villain, or at least slightly antagonistic, or slightly villainous.
3: Hannibal like Lecter is, is counts Hannibal. as a villain. Yes, he does. He <laughs> yes, is he does. Is
2: not he is not an anti villain. <laughs> he is a full villain. Yes, Hannibal <laughs> Lecter.
3: Yeah, mm,
2: but also so sexy. <laughs> Damn it, if villain, why sexy? Why?
0: Exactly. <laughs>
2: All right, my next one is, I am one with the force and the force is with me. I love this line. I know
3: that it's emotionally manipulative, and I don't care.
1: Yeah.
3: That's why it's one of my unbearables. <laughs> I can't stand it. Yeah, I see, cannot can... stand it.
1: Oh, when it comes oh, up again in Clone waiting. Wars seasons, when it comes was... up again in Clone Wars season seven, and it's oh, Ahsoka. Oh my
2: god! Sobbing,
0: <laughs> yeah, sobbing. I... When Rex
2: says it back, I'm like, well, I'm done. I'm
3: just going to pack up and leave now. <laughs>
0: I, I was fully it. bought in. Mm-hmm.
3: No, in the movie as soon as that happened it took me right out of the movie. I said, "This is pandering with the capital P and I am not here for it." Oh,
2: so I ate it good. up. I ate, I up ate so it up hard. absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh man,
3: I don't I was sitting there going, "They know what they're doing and I don't care." <laughs> and that's what I mean, it took me right out of the movie, right and out it, of it. it zip definitely, soup.
2: Definitely can that kind of thing. It's like you you're hitting hard. With that kind of line, especially from that kind of character, right? So it was definitely a gamble to put it in there. I think it works much better in Clone Wars.
0: Maybe oh yeah,
2: it's Ahsoka and Rex, and their relationship is so strong. You spent so much time with them.
1: Yeah. You
0: no. Know, yeah, that Clone Wars was moment.
1: I like it with, you, but I do. I love it with Chirrut though because the he's fact that he's
2: sensitive
1: he's not he's not jedi level force sensitive he's got to be at least partially he's he's got there's no way there's no way he fights the way he does and he's not at least partially force
2: sensitive he'd have some like not enough to be picked up by the jedi but maybe enough for them to be like you've got something we're going to put you on Jeddah to be one of the guardians of the wills like you have enough where you can do stuff
1: enough he's got like he's got like maz Mm -hmm. maz levels of Mm -hmm. force sensitivity b
3: squad b squad force b squad but there we go having him
1: show off his faith in that way and that type of a sequence Mm -hmm. i'm a sucker i'm a sucker for it
2: yeah interesting to get the force as a faith as a religion as opposed to just Mm -hmm. this kind of esoteric thing that the jedi and the sith are all about this is more like a practicing religious order Mm -hmm. that he's bound to which i love i love that Jin has the kyber crystal. She also, I think, has some at least force sensitivity slash oh, yeah. high midachlorine yeah. count. And it's like, oh, there are other people out there. She's just like a normal person that happens to have mm-hmm. this affinity for the force. Uh, here we go, Daniel. Yeah. I love the relationship between Charute and Bass
0: they're so gay definitely
2: gay <laughs> gay 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 i don't care they're maybe they're so they're, gay they may coded like yes it's more of a thing for them to gay code characters instead of outright saying that they're in a relationship yep you're not gonna change my mind <laughs> they <laughs> are in love and baze is always following him around being like good lord why did i ever start this with you
1: <laughs> and true just shouts back because you love me
2: yep <laughs> yep he's like you're gonna follow me no matter what so here i go do, do, do. i'm blind remember oh that's another untouchable when he says why are you <laughs> are
1: you serious night? i'm, I'm blind. blind
2: oh my god oh maybe may be one of the funniest parts of the entire movie i'm blind can't you freaking tell those two i love it their final scenes are so epic and so devastating oh, just god. because they're more normal people and they're just trying to do one little thing, like move a switch and make sure that your lover can move the switch. Like it's very uh-huh.
1: and that Bayes Bayes inverts the line. He does yeah. he starts with the forces with me and I am one with the force.
2: Yes. <sighs> but they're not gay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, they are. Whatever, <laughs> Whatever. Okay. yes yeah, they, they are. are.
2: Whatever fandom. They are so a couple <laughs> and you cannot change our minds. Um, okay. So unbearables, almost none. I do wish like you guys, we've gotten a little bit more of Saw and Jin's life with Saw because she was supposed to be more of a terrorist character in the beginning, in the initial scripts. And then Disney was like, eh, we have to make her a little more likable. <laughs> we can't quite show the terrorist part of her life, but I wish we got that. Cause it seems like she flips pretty quickly from jaded. I don't want to be here. You're making me be here too we have to rebel and we have to be, we have to take down the empire. I thought that was a little quick, but I obviously I'm fine with it. I love this movie. But if I had to find a criticism, I think that's the one Yep. that I would go for.
3: Well, we've talked about some of my t- untouchables and unbearables. So let's get straight to it. I, first and foremost, the first few seconds Love how the opening is different. This isn't a saga movie. There's no crawler. We get straight to the action. Like Star mm-hmm. Wars was known for getting straight to the action. This even like went even further going straight <laughs> to the action. You know what I mean? It just yes. gets straight there. Um, I absolutely adore the landscapes. And we talked about the CGI on Leia and Tarkin. Phenomenal. Um, One of K2's, one of my favorite lines of K2 is, congratulations, you are being rescued. Please do not resist. So So good. Um During one of the war scenes, I love that Jin saved the crying child. I was so concerned that yes. that kid was just going to end up crying all alone because you see that in so many different movies, just so that you understand how dangerous and scary and yada, yada the whole thing is. But Jin goes out there and actually saves the child, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, and then of course, Vader wrecking havoc at the end is chef's kiss. When it goes to the unbearables, besides the tragic line, I am the force is the force <laughs> is the me. So wait, Sarah, um, can
1: you clarify what you don't <laughs> like about that line? Like, I think I got a sense of it, but I'm, cu- I'm I, I just a little curious.
3: I very much like the line and the sentiment, but how it was delivered, packaged, and then repackaged at least twice in the movie, maybe three different times. Each of the times it did not feel natural to me it, okay. i did not believe that the character literally would have said it how they said it when they said it okay. it just it to me it was as i said before total pandering that's all that it offered to me and i was not here to be pandered by like i've i am already going to rewatch this movie three times in theaters <laughs> you do not need to pander to me um I think, I think maybe our critiques largely stemmed to Saw Gerrera and it just seemed like things were kind of off. I, I didn't appreciate how he just resigned himself to die again. It just, it seems kind of like we're presenting Saw Gerrera because Saw Gerrera needs to be a part of this. We're going to try and smash you over the head with this being a realistic relationship and being a realistic character. But it just kind of became a character in a yeah. way.
1: Yeah. Um, I could see that.
3: Yeah, so it just needed a little bit more massaging. I mean Sagarera was f- a fantastic character and you could you could believe that the actor was that individual. Yeah. It just wasn't enough. There just right. was not enough. Well, like you Um, said,
2: resigning himself to death. He's got all those prosthetics. He obviously is not wanting to die.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it just, that that just completely avoided belief entirely. It was just a way to get him off the chessboard. And that was frustrating to me. Um, And then, you know, we could have used some of that time that the last half of the movie really stretched out that battle scene. Daniel, I know you love the battle scene, (laughs) but it was just Mm -hmm. kind of like... (laughs)
0: Star Wars. I I get it.
3: Yeah, it was just too. It was just too long. It was fantastic. I loved it. We're looking for areas to critique. I would have much preferred using some of that time to bolster Saw and Jen's relationship and who Saw was than seeing more ships explode up in space.
0: That is a completely understandable take. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree with you. As much as I love my space battles and I love that war scene, uh, yeah, some little bit more time to let Saw marinate so we really kind of understand that character. We understand why he would feel the need to give up at the end. Yeah, give give me a little bit more time with him. Um, if I have to sacrifice a bit of X-Wings doing their awesome things, then yeah, so be it.
1: <laughs> yep. Ooh. All right. Uh, before we move into our next section, I do have a couple last minute things i want to shout out that we just haven't really touched on yet um number one and untouchable actually we've hinted at it throughout the whole thing for me an untouchable is the fact that they all die
3: yeah like the fact
1: huh. that i mean disney is usually one to pull the punches it's not usually willing to kind of go there and the fact that they were just like no absolutely let them all everybody's die dead. everybody's all dead <laughs>
0: Um, I did not expect that from Disney at all. I My did brother not. and I going in thought, okay, at least half of them are going to survive. Nope. Nope. nope.
2: Not <laughs> even the droid.
1: Not even the, the droid. droid. uh <laughs> Just oh, stab me right in the heart where he's like, goodbye. Uh, and then Cassian's reaction to yeah. him locking the vault. And he's so devastated that he lost K. Yes. <sighs> And then uh, a couple of cast members, again, that I just love the fact that they brought in. Uh, my guy, Jimmy Smits. Absolutely yes. Cast, yes. cast Jimmy Smits in everything, again. B- yes. B- Bail
2: Organa. he never never do wrong with Bail Organa.
1: You never do wrong with Bail Organa. And then bringing back uh, Genevieve O'Reilly to play Mon Mothma after she was mm-hmm. basically cut entirely from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is such can't. a shame because her scene was really good and was needed. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything she was in was pretty
1: crucial to The Revenge of the Sith. Would have made it a better movie. All right, so I did have a question kind of coming out of this movie. Um, And, you know, we've hinted at it with kind of what we wanted to see out of the Saw relationship with Jin. But are there other stories... Other than Rogue Two, a Bothan story that have <laughs> I like do been love s- that. <laughs> I know, fucking por-
2: <laughs> first Yes, bring him on screen for me to yell at. But please. like
1: yeah. stories that have been specifically referenced. I mean, this entire movie is born out of a single line in the Star Wars opening crawl. Mm-hmm. So stories that have been specifically referenced or referred to that you guys really, really want to see outside of what's been officially announced. So, I want to no. see
3: more of the trade negotiations, um, and tax credits and things like that. I find that to be really compelling. <laughs> Give us the Rush Clovis story.
1: <laughs> Rush Clovis story. I don't know, but I could use like some kind of a political spy thriller centered on like Duku and Ventress recruiting Ooh. the original Separatist Ooh. Council, like to set up that. Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really cool.
2: That'd be amazing. I mean, obviously, I want whatever the fuck Ezra and Thrawn are up to.
1: I said yes. stuff that hasn't already been announced. Ahsoka counts as that.
2: I mean, how about, we, don't know, we don't know that Thrawn and Ezra are going to be in it, though,
3: yet. How about you know, um, Satine and obi wan sex i uh-huh. Yes, I'm down with that. Yes. I thought about
1: pre-qualifying can, yeah. this that said that that, yes. that that that's a given. Let's go beyond yeah, Satine and absolutely. Obi-Wan, especially because Kenobi is a series. We don't know it's not happening in the flashbacks.
0: So I would love to see some darth maul pre-phantom menace like i would love yeah. to see his days as a sith assassin going out like let's let's get some of those stories brought into canon i want to like, yeah. see it
2: how he was trained is awful so yes oh, let's bring on so the child much, abuse yeah. show <laughs> it's so bad you guys palpatine is an asshole
0: he, so really he really is.
2: is i hope we get Plagueis. i think we will get some sort of thing maybe the acolyte is going to be about that Plagueis and palpatine's relationship mm. because that's really intriguing and cool i'd love to see luke's jedi academy yeah. there was a yeah. huge rumor that brie larson had been cast as mara jade which i would oh. love to see i actually i don't want to see i don't want to see
1: that one i want to see mara jade i don't want brie larson to do it though just because she's so set as captain marvel in my mind
2: it would be i want to give another
1: actress a chance
2: but yeah i i always saw jessica chastain as being more mara jade Mm
1: -hmm. oh that's a great casting idea
2: i would love her to just swoop in and be like what's up farm boy and luke's like oh my
1: (laughs) directed by bryce dallas howard
2: yes please yeah just keep bringing the gingers in just be like oh we've cast all of these people and everyone in our crew is redhead all right yes i'm here for it bring it on mara jade give us the uh, magenta freaking lightsaber now please i'd love to
1: see even if it's just a series of shorts i'd love to see like the inquisitor academy like Mm, recruiting no you don't yeah we don't
2: want to see i
1: love the dark side
0: stuff colleen
2: I mean, it's just a lot of Vader chopping off limbs and gouging out (laughs) eyes. (laughs) Hey, do you want to
0: learn the dark side? Come here. I'm going to cut your foot off.
2: It's like the freaking Gordon Ramsay of the dark side over here for real. (laughs) Like they try not to kill him. And he's like, you didn't try to kill me. And now I'm going to chop off your hand. Like, oh my God, (laughs) you're behaving too much like Jedi. Like, well, they were. (laughs) Most of them them were. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. So speaking of kind of expanding the universe, expanding the world, how does this movie build on what came before it? How does this movie specifically build this franchise? And I think one of the biggest ones is those death troopers and seeing just a little bit more of the Imperial hierarchy. On this last full rewatch of the original trilogy, I'm astounded at how like little backstabbing and undermining among the officers there is. And here we finally get to start to see that the whole dynamic between Krennic and Tarkin, going you know, rushing to Vader, hoping that Daddy's gonna gonna bail you out, and he just does <laughs> nothing except slap you down. Um, and then those Death Troopers, finally some stormtroopers with good aim. They have very <laughs> powerful blasters, and that armor looks sleek as fuck. No, mm-hmm. oh, they you look really so cool.
2: Have to bring the Death Troopers to collect Galen Urso and his wife and child.
0: Like that's a flex. Well, he's, he's nothing but dramatic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Daniel, speaking of dramatic.
0: (laughs) Oh, Mr. Dramatics fortress itself. So we get to see Vader's Mustafar fortress. So it's the place where Vader lost the very last parts of Anakin Skywalker. Mm. Literally and and figuratively. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. (laughs) And it's now become his base of operations. And you know, in true drama queen fashion, he's like, let's build a castle. <laughs> I'm gonna have my own like room with a giant vista overlooking the lava, like just it's on a spa. <laughs> yeah, and then let me uh let me force choke you as I make a dad pun, which to everyone who got upset about that dad pun, <laughs> Vader makes little quips and jokes all throughout the original trilogy. Absolutely. I thought that was yeah. perfect. It was so funny to me and i just love watching him choke out krennic because i was like yeah you deserve that krennic you suck mm.
2: he's very i mean anakin was funny so you have yeah. a little bit of anakin coming out unfortunately
0: yeah
1: <laughs> usually when he's choking you but that's fine
0: <laughs> it's when he's having fun
1: i mean when we first meet him he's like oh really well then where's the damn ambassador
2: yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh we love you captain Antilles. Okay, speaking of Captain Antilles, we see the fragility of the Rebel Alliance. Mon Mothma is talking about the support of the Council and how so many of them are unwilling to strike out in an open war with the Empire. Which is fair. It's the Empire. The Rebellion is not that big.
1: It's fair, but it's also, it's like, it was a little mind-blowing to me, I think, the first time I saw this, when I really realized how we are leading directly into a new hope
2: yes and so and like, how this, fractured they are
1: how fractured they are because we always think of them as this alliance together that by this point at least are kind of willing to go with it and they really aren't at this point it's mm-hmm. i do love oh god i love the little smile on mom Mothla's face when they tell her that um that radis has just taken a ship and gone
0: <laughs> yep
2: oh no what will we do with him <laughs> <laughs> Nothing because we need his ships.
0: <laughs> oh my god!
2: Although losing Radis really was a blow to yeah. the rebellion.
0: Yeah, but though I mean they needed on. the plans. <laughs> we have gone all this time and we have not mentioned one of the best Easter eggs that we get while on Yavin Four when they call for General Syndulla. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh my gosh! And you get I... that
2: one shot of chopper. Yes
0: that completely went over my head when I first saw it and now when I go back and watch this movie I get so giddy I'm like I know mm-hmm. what that means
2: you're like <laughs> huh? I know her <laughs> yeah I know her now and she's a general and you're like oh, my heart
0: <laughs> you know what rest in peace Raddus we love you but at least we know General Sindula's is out there
2: yes yeah she is she's such a badass too mm, love her
1: All right. so moving into our next segment, what does this film tell us about the Force and Force abilities? Now, this is a pretty unique film of all the ones we've talked about so far, because there are no Jedi in this film. Yeah. Nope. We do get Vader as a Sith, but we don't really spend a lot of time with him or learn much about him. But this movie does still expand our understanding of what the Force is and kind of how the galaxy perceives it.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. The Guardians of the Wills, we've talked about these guys before on Bohemian Geek Studies. They have been in George Lucas's head since he created Star Wars. Originally, he thought of the story as being read in the distant future, hence the a long time ago, far, Mm -hmm. far away, from the Journal of the Wills, these immortal beings that eventually morphed into the concept of the Force. You can actually see some of this happening in Clone Wars as well.
1: Yes. Uh, And I think this is the, Colleen, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first on-screen live-action mention of Kyber Crystals and Kyber. They play a very central role in this movie.
2: Yes, it is. Woo! Mm -hmm. Research time, guys. So (laughs) according to Wikipedia, canon Kyber Crystals were first seen on screen in The Clone Wars, Season 5, Episode The Gathering. And then they were called Kyber in The Clone Wars. That's Mm -hmm. from 2012. Rogue One is the first live-action but then, of course, in Legends, you have kyber crystals all over the damn place. Uh, yeah. And they are the best crystals for lightsabers. But Luke says that other types can be used as well.
1: Yeah. In Master and Apprentice, uh, the novel, we do see a lightsaber use a non-kyber crystal, one that's its very similar. It's called a colon, but it's not quite as powerful.
3: Oh, yes. Next. The, the fool's gold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next up, we've got Jeddah, and this used to be an important Jedi site and a location important to Force users. We see the Empire's willingness to destroy such an important site. Seeing the Guardians in Jeddah also reinforces the idea that Jedi traditions as a religion. Yes,
1: and I do believe... I also...
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I was just going to say, I think Jeddah is along with Acto it was like on Luke's list of places to search for the original quote unquote Jedi temple it's one of the candidates the yeah. Coruscant um Acto and I'm totally blanking on the name but we go there Mandalorian from Mandalorian
2: yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be in the core and yet somehow they're in the uh, freaking outer rim and they get there it, everything's fine <laughs> is it Typhon yeah
0: um i also like we see uh jen with her uh kyber crystal necklace how she's kind of holding it for good luck as they go through the shield gate Mm -hmm. you know i they don't explicitly say it but i like to think that you know there's a little something going on there Mm -hmm. uh with the force in that moment yeah
1: i'd like to think that 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 particular kyber crystal has had some kind of a bond with her mother and then with her yeah Mm-hmm. A little bit looser than you know a Jedi getting his crystal for a lightsaber, but still a bond is formed right. there. Yeah, right. And again, Jin's mom telling her trust in the Force, like this, they are not Jedi, they are not Sith, but they are still followers in some yep. way.
2: Mm-hmm. And friends of oh, Saw
1: And friends yeah. of Saw Gerrera.
2: <laughs> Saw's just everywhere, you guys. <laughs> oh.
1: All right, well, guys, I think that is going to wrap up our conversation for today. But before we go, we are going to, as always, give you our recommendations for other content you may love if you liked Rogue One. Sarah, do you want to start us off?
3: Yeah, I'm going to start us off with Captain Obvious. If you haven't already, because we've been shoving it down your throats, please, please, please do yourself, not us, do yourself the favor of watching Rebels it is absolutely fantastic. It is four seasons long and frankly, like wine, it only gets better with time. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Yes,
2: it's one of those shows that rewards a rewatch.
3: You yes, see all of yes. the narrative
2: threads and how well Dave and his team wove the entire show together. It's just fantastic. I agree, Sarah, wholeheartedly. Rebels, watch Rebels, everyone, just do it now. We can't have- say it enough. Yeah, we can't. I mean, we say it every show. because. And check true. us out
1: on uh, Bohemian Geek Studies, where we're recapping all of it.
2: Mm-hmm. And we're there with Flo watching it for the first time, yep. <laughs> which is also fantastic. I've got two today. I have one that's really sad. Well, they're both kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Things that I love that also make me cry. So the first one is Handmaid's Tale. It's got. Ooh, that's a, a bold choice. Oh, I that's love a it. bold choice. I that's love it. So dark, so bold much. choice. So dark. So dark. Rebellion, terrorism, dystopian dictatorship nightmare. Yep, sign me up. I guess. <laughs> All right. Please watch the TV show. Fantastic. Love it. It's on Hulu.
1: The last few episodes, the last like two or three episodes that have come out in season four,
3: Oof, have I'm not been up.
1: so good.
3: I, I haven't the watched the new stuff. I'm Can't like too it. nervous
2: about it it's it's mm, i know i just from the book because once it departs from the book i'm like oh no (laughs) what's gonna happen (laughs) definitely read the novel by margaret atwood not a lot of happy endings happening in the show or the book but it's still a beautifully haunting story about what could happen if an ultra conservative regime rose to power and took over and oh my god were we almost there Mm
3: -hmm.
2: so close Mm -hmm. you guys maybe a little too close to home
3: yeah i'm a little when too it, uncomfortable
2: when it first came out and i mean now we feel yeah. a little better but we're still hoping that it doesn't turn into that v for vendetta would also be another good choice for that Ooh, kind of i genre. love v for
1: i love v for Vendetta.
2: both the yeah. movie and the graphic novel by alan moore definitely would suggest that yay dystopian conservative nightmare here we come and then the next one is one of my favorite things that i have ever consumed um guaranteed to make you cry I cry every single time. Check out the Saga graphic novel comics collections written by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated stunningly by Fiona Staples. It's a space opera with some sex. Sarah, finally. nice, <laughs> Finally, people are actually having sex in space, guys. Loads of violence. So if you're a little not, not great into blood and guts and gore, probably steer clear. But it's so well written beautiful, beautiful story. The characters are relatable and fascinating, even though most of them are not human. It's very easy to connect with them through the story. Lots of twists and turns. I mean, I was shocked, pretty much the entire time I was reading it. It's mainly focusing on a star-crossed lovers relationship between two warring planets, and they get together and have a child. Mm -hmm. And so the entire galaxy slash universe is now after them, because of this relationship And this war is like Star Wars, except it's bigger. I mean, the two planets who are warring have basically like loaned out their war. They don't war on each other's planets anymore. It's on every single other planet in the galaxy. Oh no. Instead of their planet. It's just fantastic. There's bounty hunters. There's like these investigative journalists that are happening. The little girl, the baby (laughs) Hazel is a delight. Please check out Saga. Love it.
0: Oh man, that sounds really good. I I want to read that so bad. Warning, it's not finished. (laughs) Big warning, not finished. Good to know. Good to know. So, I have only one thing that I can recommend this week. It is for all the gamers out there Halo Reach. So, it is the Rogue One of the Halo universe. So, you're the newest member of a uh, team, and they're called Noble Team. So, you're uh, going around and trying to defend your planet as it is being invaded by the evil Covenant Empire, and they're just ravaging the planet, and it's just slowly you losing the entire game. You just go from loss to loss, and uh, you lose your entire squad. You have to watch all of them die in front of you, and it is absolutely heartbreaking, and then you are the last surviving member of the team, and you're the one who hands off the, uh, the package to the to like this crew that gets away and they fly off to safety and you're left behind to cover their exit. And, uh, you give them, yeah, (laughs) you give them the package, uh, that has an AI in it, which is the AI (laughs) that wins the war. So basically it is the Rogue One of Star Wars.
1: Yeah. Wait, you give Uh, them, is that Cortana? Yeah. You give them Cortana.
0: Your character delivers Cortana to the, uh, to the Pillar of Autumn, which then goes off and does it the rest of Halo. Oh, yeah it's it's a wild plot the very end of the game is your character being murdered by an entire swarm of aliens like descending on your location so yay something i love that (laughs) depresses me (laughs) yeah it's just um a lot of themes of fighting impossible odds and loss and um yeah it's just perseverance yeah it's 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 all just about you know the real brutality of war and it's it's Rogue One. So, yeah. Wow.
1: All right. Well, for me, um, as always, I recommend the novelization of the movie. Uh, in this case, it's written by Alexander Freed. Not quite as much, like, additional content in this one as some of the other novels, but he's his writing on it is just so, so well done. The description of everything, all of the stuff about Scarif and all the landscape descriptions on all the different planets are very, very good. Uh, that scene where Cassian like shows Jin all the people that are willing to go fight with them. So so good. If you nice. want some if you want some extra content though, I would definitely recommend you check out Catalysts by James Luceno. This is the prequel to Rogue One. This is the story we see a little bit of it in the flashbacks with like Jin and her family back on Coruscant. So this is the story of how Galen originally got involved in the project and his relationship with Krennick during oh, the last di- the last days of the republic and into the initial days of the empire how he sort of became disillusioned with what they were doing how they got connected with Saul Guerrero in the first place and how they ultimately ended up on that farm to start this me. movie it's very oh, very remember. cool it's He's very, a very well dense done writer too yes
2: his prose is very dense but it's usually enjoyable
1: <laughs> yes uh and then my last one just because i happened to watch this like last night if you're just like rogue one if you're interested in a good spin-off movie um check out fast and furious Hobbs and shaw <laughs> 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 absolutely ridiculous absolutely bonkers. ludicrous
0: bonkers movie
1: but so so good
0: <laughs> i uh I'm going to say something controversial. I have never seen a Fast and Furious movie.
1: What? For the longest time, I had seen seen two. (laughs) For the longest time, I had seen the first one a few times. And I had seen the fourth one like once. And I was just like, "Eh, I'm out. I'm done. But in the last like month or so, I've gone back and watched all of them. Plus Spy
0: Racers on Netflix. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Well, you know what? I eventually I'll I'll dive into them. I know one day it's just going to happen. And then I'm going to end up loving and watching all of them because I can't help. If I watch one, I'm going to watch all of it. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, on that note, y'all, thank you for joining Mm -hmm. us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWPOD. Follow us wherever you get your podcast and leave us those five star reviews. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Anders, Sarah, and Colleen on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast, where they are currently diving into Star Wars Rebels. We cannot mention it enough. (laughs) Uh, You can also find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. So tune in next time. We're going to be examining the complexities of droid-human relationships when we discuss Solo, (laughs) a Star Wars story. Hey, it works. <laughs> it works. l for can't the win. wait to find out how. <laughs>